When making a dynamic point, many like to end with a literal dropping of the mic to the ground as symbolism to say, my point is made and I am done. Mark 13.32 is an example of a Jesus mic drop when he said, but at about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. He tells us to be ready because the end times are coming. Church, how you doing? Good to see all of you. Are you enjoying summer? Our kids are all off school, right? Kids, you're off school? Excited for that? Parents are excited too, sometimes. No, they're excited to have you. We love, we love having our kids home. It's always a good, good season. Well, uh, we have a couple things family-wise we just want to cover with you real quick before we get into uh, our new series, Drop the Mic. But um, first and foremost, uh, I want to share about uh, Family FX. It's coming this Friday. It's going to start this Friday, and then there'll be another one in July and another one in August. But uh, we do need you to register if you're coming. It's, it's going to be an amazing time. Uh, this is a little bit different than maybe your traditional VBS or things that you've been through. We want to, we want to bless the family. So there's going to be dinner. There's going to be an awesome message and worship and uh, great activities for you to do as a family. So it's a, it's a great time to come together, but we just want to invest and sow into you as families. And so our kids' ministry is leading that, and it starts this Friday. So if you haven't registered for Friday, do so before you leave today or, or do so uh, while, we're, while we're talking here. Go ahead and you can register right online. But we'd love to have you. It's going to be an awesome time, and, and we're going to grow together as uh, one big family, but individually we'll come together, and, and God's going to bless each of you. So come on out to Summer FX starting on Friday. And then last week, how many of you joined us for our packathon? That was awesome. So thank you, thank you for all of you that were here. We had a goal, uh, and if you missed it, don't worry. Uh, if you missed the packathon or you weren't able to come for whatever reason, we're going to have another one in 2022, our next serve day. We're going to have uh, another packathon, and so I'll, I'll share more about that. But our goal for this week, uh, for this uh, serve day, was to pack 20 to 25,000 meals. And, and many of you said, John, that's a lot of meals. And so, but we did it in two hours, uh, which was Awesome. Two hours, you guys packed 25,920 meals. And so there they are on the screen, all packed and ready. It was Memorial Day weekend, so they picked them up on Tuesday. Uh, but I just want to remind you, for many of you uh, that were here, I just want you to continue to pray this food can get held up. Governments can hold it. Red tape can hold it. Some, sometimes they hold it for hostage to get more money because uh, they know kids are struggling. They know they're, they're starving. Uh, so sometimes they do that just to make more income. Uh, but we're gonna, I want you to pray and stand with me because we have all authority to loose on, on heaven or on earth as, as in heaven. So we can loose this food. We can, we can tell it to go through. And so please do that. Stand in agreement. We have that authority. Uh, we want it to hit those kids' hands as quickly as possible. So it is on its way as we speak. It's going to uh, all over. This food's going to be going to Moldova, Poland, Haiti. And so uh, these boxes represent 108, if you weren't with us, 108 kids. All right. So each box feeds one kid for a whole school year. So uh, we fed 108 kids for a whole school year. So what a blessing that is. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all you kids and family and the rice all over. Thank you. We, re we appreciate it. It was fun. I got to wear the backpack and be like a Ghostbuster and suck up all the rice. It was awesome. And so, but again, we'll be doing this in 2022. I'm actually going to be uh, looking to partner with uh, one of the, the local schools. I'm going to talk to West Day next week to see if they want to partner with us. Um, but my hope is, is in uh, January, whenever our next fifth Sunday is in, in 2022, to pack uh, 
up to or even over 200,000 meals. And so we want to do that with the schools. We want to invite the families. We want to present the gospel by action and also seeing how we can feed a, lot, a ton of kids. And so uh, we'll be, be praying about that. You can, we're just in the formation stages, but you can, uh, you can be praying about that as well. But thank you again. Awesome day. It was a blast. And if you missed it, you've got to jump on board. It was fun. So we're, we're going to be doing that again coming soon. Uh, all right. You ready for Drop the Mic? All right, drop the mic. This is an end time series. If you didn't catch it, if you're new with us, maybe this is your first time here. Uh, this is an end time series. And so uh, many of you, if you don't know what end times are, end times are Jesus is coming again. All right, Jesus is going to come again. And there's going to be a time uh, where everything ends. The earth ends. Everything that we see and know and experience and know of as earth today, it will end and eternity begins with the Lord. All right, and we're going to spend all eternity in a new Jerusalem and a new heaven and a new earth. We're going to be spending with Jesus. So that's what end times is in a nutshell. All right, but a lot of people have questions. How many of you have questions? You should. We all have questions. The disciples had questions. I have questions. Like, when's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? What's it going to look like? All of these things. And I just want you to end this series. We're going to unpack it over uh, many weeks. And so, uh, for one, we don't know everything, and we shouldn't. All right? God is God, and we're not. But he did give us some, some snippets. Uh, God was very good about giving us some details and understanding. Uh, but he was also good about helping us understand uh, the heart and the purpose. And that's really the message today. Is I want you, as we look at end times, I want you to understand God's heart, the purpose that we are while we're here on earth. In fact, really the title of my message is two things. This is not the end right now, 2022. This is not the end. And secondly, until the end. What do we do until the end? And so that's what I want to share. I want to get our hearts right and wrapped on what God's called us to do because it's very easy to get distracted, especially when you're looking at end times. Now we should know, uh, and one of the main reasons why I want to do this series is a lot of people have no idea about end times. Some believers have no idea about end times, and there are many unbelievers that have no idea about end times. And uh, this is a blessing. So How many of you grew up in the church where they feared you into salvation? Like end times was like a fearful moment. Like people were were all going down. All right, that's not what I want you to remember. Actually, Paul, Jesus, all of them say, be encouraged. This is encouraging. Jesus is coming again, is encouraging to you as a believer. You are going to live forever. All right, now there's going to be some discouraging things. There's, look, there's evil on earth. There's going to be some things that are, are terrible and they're going to happen. But I want you to know that he is coming. And that is the biggest blessing for all of us as followers of Christ, that Jesus is going to come again and he's going to receive you. He's going to receive me. Every follower of Christ will go be with Jesus. And that is so important for you to know. But the, the main thing that we have to know, and I'll share this in the, in the end of the message, is, is we have to stay focused on the purpose God has called us to do. We can't get distracted. And Jesus actually said that. So let me share, first of all, the mic drop moment, right? So the mic drop is you make a good point. Usually comedians do it in a bad way. It's called roasting, right? So comedians will do it. They'll roast somebody, and they'll drop the mic, right? That's, that's kind of in a funny or, or a way that you're just having fun with somebody. But you make your point, you drop it, and you walk away. Uh, now, Jesus was the best at... Uh, Now, he didn't have a mic in his day, but he was the best at dropping information on people. He would literally drop the mic or he'd drop the the truth on somebody, and they'd have a question. They'd have a question. Jesus and the disciples had an ongoing conversation for many, many years about what is the end going to look like? When are you going to come? 
They wanted to know all these things. And so in Matthew 24, here's the mic drop moment. Uh, It's found in Matthew 24, verses 1 through 3. Now, if you know anything about Scripture, you've read Matthew before, and Matthew 22 and 23, I don't ever want to take things out of context. And and Matthew 22 and 23, he's speaking to the religious leaders, and there's a lot of mic drop moments in in those chapters. Uh, Jesus is talking to religious leaders. He's a little frustrated because the religious leaders are preaching at people, telling you how to live, but they weren't doing it themselves. And so Jesus would say things like, well, you're being a broad of viper, or you're, being, you're a whitewashed tomb, which meant you're, you're saying all these things on the outside. You want people to look at you and think that everything's good, but on the inside, you're dead. On the inside, you're dead. He wasn't being unkind or mean. He was just telling them the truth. You can't sit here and preach at people and not live it out yourself. You can't sit here and tell people how to live and then you're not doing it yourself. You can't say you're a son of God, a daughter of God, a follower of God and not live for God. And so Jesus is just, there was a lot of mic drop moments in 22 and 23, but one of them was he, uh, the, the people were talking about the temple, Jerusalem, this city, you know, this beautiful place that's been anointed and given by God to the Jews. And he's talking about this and he said, look, it's all going to be destroyed. And so that's kind of where we start today. That's where the mic drop starts because the disciples who are also Jews, as Jesus is also a Jew, has a que- they have questions. In fact, in Matthew 24, verse 1, they, they approach Jesus two different times about what he said to these religious leaders. And here's what they say in verse 1 of chapter 24. They say, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. So he walks out of the temple and his disciples came up and said, Jesus, there's the buildings, the showing, as if Jesus doesn't know where the buildings in the temple is. He's showing them. Jesus, look. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly or truly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall be, not be thrown down. Now, this hadn't happened yet. They're literally... The, the Jews are pointing to the temple. They're pointing to the town. They're showing them the great walls. They're showing them all these things. And Jesus says, look, it's all going to be destroyed. Now, if you've ever went to Israel, I've had the blessing of being in Israel. Nothing is left. In fact, it can be a little bit frustrating if you go to Israel because you want to see all these holy sites. You want to see these places where Jesus was. And literally, it's all underground. It has literally been destroyed. As Jesus said, there's not one stone left. It's literally all underground. And they'll, they'll take you around and they say, well, we think he was crucified here. We think Jesus was here. You know, the only thing that, the only marks or markers or historical things that we have are like the Sea of Galilee, like sea, you can't move seas, the Dead Sea. Those things are still there. But when you talk about the temple, you talk about Jerusalem, the, the city streets, like where Jesus was, literally it's gone. It's gone. Just as he says it was. Now that happened in AD 70. They destroyed the temple in AD 70. So Jesus was sacrificed, crucified on 33. In 70, the temple was destroyed. But in this time, the Jews are saying, look, what's that? how is that going to happen, Jesus? So they're asking these questions. That goes on in verse 3. It says, uh, now, as he went to the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him again privately saying, tell us when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. See, they have questions just like you do. 
Jesus, when are these things going to happen? When's the temple going to fall? But even more so, when are you going to come again? And when is the end of the age going to happen? These are the questions they were asking Jesus. Some of the questions that you're asking. This is, the, this is the mic drop moment. So they ask these questions, and then just a few verses later, now I encourage you, I'm going to give you a lot of material today. Go home, start chewing on it, because there's a lot there. I, I, there's no way to cover it in one single message, but we'll share a couple weeks over it, but I want you to feed yourself. I want you to be reading Matthew and Luke 17 and Revelation, the whole book. Read the whole book. Daniel, Ezekiel. There's a lot about end times in all of these books. But I'm just here to give you what Jesus says is important. These are the things that you need to look for and anchor on. But be encouraged. I am coming again. You're going to see all these things begin to happen, but I'm coming again. Remember, I'm coming again. Stay diligent. Stay focused. Keep the course. But in Matthew 24, they're asking, when's it going to happen, Lord? When are these things going to come back? When the end is going to happen? And here's the mic drop. Jesus said, but on that day, but of that day, one day, one specific day of that day, an hour, no one. Everyone say, no one. How many of you have heard a preacher say, it's going to happen this day? It's going to happen this time. Now, I'm not being mad at them. I'm saying, Jesus said, no one. I believe nobody will know. And even if we could be wise in our own human thinking or, and come up with our best ideas or thoughts, now we, could, we may be able to point to a year or season, but the day or the hour, the moment the trumpet's going to blast, no one knows. Not even, it says, God says, not even the angels. If the angels don't know for sure, we're not going to know. Not even the angels, but my Father only. You ever wonder about that? My Father, only the Father knows. Jesus speaking, he's a man and God. He's saying, I don't even know. Now, I think he knows as his Godhead, but at this point, he's human. He's man on earth. He doesn't even know at that point. He doesn't know when this is going to happen. Only the Father knows at this point when the coming of the man's gonna, Son of Man is going to be again. You know, what's interesting is every generation before you, every generation before me, they've all said the end times are now. Paul even said, I'm, it could be today, it could be tonight. And I think that's the right way to live. I think that's the right focus we should have. We should be living as Christ is coming today. That's the way we should be living. You know, for us procrastinators, ah, it's a long way away. No, live as if it's tonight. Live as if it's tonight. Well, why is that important? Well, let me give you two things. First, let's focus on this is not the end. A lot of people will say there's a lot of different ideas and thoughts. So, and, and by the way, it doesn't matter what my opinion is or your opinion or what your favorite televangelist's opinion is. All that matters is what God says, right. right? It's what God says. We can be wrong and still be a follower. But God is the one that sets the time. Jesus said nobody knows. Be okay with not knowing when the day or when the hours. You need to be okay with that. You're not going to know. But there are things that you can know, and Jesus gave you those things that you can know. He gave you some understandings, and I'm going to help you with that. This is not the end. 2022, we're not in the end times. There's a view, uh, or they call it a doctrine. It's not really a doctrine. It's just really someone, some man's opinion of what it looks like. There's, it's called preterism or amillennialism. That means that Jesus already came. I don't believe that Jesus already came. We have way too many scriptures to show that Jesus didn't come. They believe he came in AD 70. I don't believe he came again in AD 70. Because there's still sin on the earth. The Jews haven't been saved. There's so many reasons why we could say Christ hasn't come again. 
But let me just tell you that this is not the end because in Revelation chapter 6, and again, some of this is hard to hear, but I want you to be encouraged because as a believer, and you're going you're gonna to see this later on in the end of the message, as a believer, you're not going to die. We are so afraid of death, but you're not going to die. What if I took the death off the plate? Right? We quote the scripture, oh, oh sin, oh death, where's your sting? Basically what you're saying is, I am not going to die. Do you realize you're not going to die? Now, we may not be on earth anymore, but we are not going to die. We're so afraid of sicknesses or COVID or things or jumping out of airplanes or spiders. Why? Why are you afraid of spider? Because it's going to bite you and you're going to die. That's what you're afraid of. If you knew a spider couldn't kill you, you wouldn't care if it bit you. Maybe a little bit irritating or red, but you're, you're afraid you're going to die. Our fears are all, the enemy knows it. The enemy knows that's why fear is not of God. The enemy knows that you're bottled up with fear. I'm bottled up with fear. So he uses fear as a tactic to get you to respond in the way he wants you to respond. In the end times, God is telling you, Jesus is telling you, he is going to use fear to feed you. Revelation chapter 6 says this. Now watch this. This is crazy. Now there's, in Revelation, there's a, there's a, a time where they're opening seals. And there's, there's many seals. But in Revelation 6, he's opening the fourth seal. And every time they open a seal, something happens. This is called a tribulation. This is called a time of judgment. Every time you open a seal, there's a time of judgment. And this is why I'm telling you it's not the end, because I want you to read what the seal says. In, Re in Revelation 6, 7 and 8, it says, when, they, when he opened, God opened the fourth seal. I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse. That's important, because God will come right now, not white horse, but a pale horse means death. And the name of him who sat on it was death, and Hades followed him. And, I, and power was given to them over, listen to this, a fourth of the earth. One-fourth of humanity is wiped out to kill with a sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beast of the earth. Now, for those of you afraid of lions and tigers and bears, that's not what he's talking about. Beast of the earth in Scripture are demons. They've always been demons. This book is one-third prophetic. Prophecy meaning it speaks of things to come, like the end times. This book is spiritual. talks about literal things that are spiritual, right? When it talks about wild beasts, Jesus was tempted for 40 days by Satan himself and the wild beasts. So that means Satan was there and the demons were there. They were all there. And so this is talking about a time on earth, this is why it's not the end. We're not in the end. There's 8 billion, more than 8 billion people on earth today. If we wiped out a quarter of them, do the math. You guys graduated fifth grade and middle school and high school. Fifth grade, 8 billion people. If we, if we took out a quarter of them, how many people is that? 2 billion. Imagine 2 billion people being wiped out by sickness, by death, by sword, by demonic activity, two billion people. We're not in the end times, my friend. This isn't it. But that's what's going to happen in the end. Two billion people. When Jesus said the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, this is what he's talking about. Not just this moment, but that's all he does. That's all he does but you have hope because God came to give life and give it to the full, give you abundant life. 
So this isn't the end. So what is this time that we're in? Jesus actually explained the same conversation that he had with the disciples. And they said, tell us, when's the end going to look like? Tell me when you're going to come again. Tell me when the temple is going to be destroyed. Tell me all these things. Jesus, in chapter 24, began to give a description of what the end times are going to look like. And it starts in verse 4. And this is what he said. And I believe these are the times that we're in right here. He says, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you'll hear, listen to this, of wars. Do we hear any wars today? Rumors of wars? See that you're not troubled. Now listen, this is Jesus speaking to you. See that you're not troubled. Why? Because you have hope that nobody else can have. Now watch what Jesus says. See that you're not troubled for all these things must come to pass. They're going to happen. But this, the end is not yet. It's not yet. Not now. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, which is disease, earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. That's the time I believe we're in. We're in the beginning of sorrows. The end is coming. We're in a time where there are. There's earthquakes happening regularly. Sickness, we just came through COVID that wiped out a lot of people. We're, we're in a season of sickness and disease. We're in a season where there's famines, there's children. That's why we sent out all this. There's children hungry and dying. That's been going on for a long time. I believe this, this uh, season of sorrow happened in 1948 when Israel became a nation. Now, it's not that Israel's a curse, but the reality is, is that we have dismissed everything that God founded. We have dismissed and we've alienated everything God made and created. Now, whether we have an opinion about it, we believe it, whether we believe Israel's a nation or not, really doesn't matter because God established Israel and Israel will be Israel, not because you or I say so, but because God said so. And it doesn't matter what we say. It doesn't matter what we sign. It doesn't matter if we war or send rockets over Israel. It doesn't matter. Israel be Israel. You're going to spend eternity in a place called the New Jerusalem. Amen. Eternity will be spent in what God created and what God made. You see, the reality of sorrows, we all hate to see America and other countries and the world. We all hate to see the sin and the consequence of not following God. This is not God's desire, by the way. But we are demolishing and destroying everything God instituted as truth. And that's what he's saying. You're going to see sorrow because we're destroying the family. We're destroying marriage, what God created. God created marriage. We didn't. We're destroying it. We're destroying the way God created people as male and female. We're destroying it. We're annihilating it. That's the beginning of sorrows. By the way, don't sit here and be angry and point fingers. God says it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It doesn't mean that you lay down and let them trample over you. You still stand for truth. You still stand for truth. You still tell people, no, God created us this way. God made Israel. It's his. You still stand for truth. The enemy is going to be the enemy. He's not going to change. Steal, kill, and destroy is his motto. It won't change. But you have authority over the enemy. The Bible says in Matthew 24, just in the verses right before that, you have every authority to bind and to loosen. 
You have all authority. And when he's speaking, he's speaking to the church, by the way. He's not speaking to, to just anybody. It's people that are followers of Christ. It's people. It's people that are following God. You have all authority to say whatever. You have all authority to stand and speak truth over a nation, to speak truth over your family, to speak truth over your kids. You have every right to do that. And by the way, you live it out yourself too. Don't be like those religious people that are preaching and yelling and throwing things at people, but you're not doing it yourself. Do it with love and do it with grace. Speak with truth and grace. That's what Jesus did so well. That's who we're following. This is not the end, my friends. We're not in the end times, but we are in a season of sorrow. We are seeing, as Jesus said, this will happen. We're seeing it. You know, the religious leaders, the same people that he just confronted in this verses prior, asked the same questions to the disciples. I believe every person in humanity wants, has an, a, an yearning to know. Every person wants to know what happens after we leave this earth, don't they? They may not point to God, they may not point to the Bible, and they may not point to what Jesus says, but everybody wants to know, did my life mean something? Is there more to life after this? Is there more, is this just it? Everybody wants to know. There's a hole in everybody's heart. Luke chapter 17, God begins to give more description. I'm thankful he gives more description. Verse 20 says this. Now, when he had asked, now, by the way, I'm going to say some things. There's a lot in these verses that I'm not going to cover today, but we will, we will next week. I'm going to talk about the rapture next week. And many of you will say, well, the rapture is not in the Bible. It is in the Bible. You just got to look at the Hebrew, the Greek, and the Latin. Rapturo is Latin. That's where you're going to find rapturo. What it means, the rapture means caught up quickly. Called up quickly. That's what it means. That's what you see in your Bibles. Like lightning, you were called up. That's rapture. That's rapturo. And the Greek and the Hebrew, it's, a, it's another word. But it's in there. It's just not written that way in the English. But I'm going to read some things in this, in this verse. You might have some questions about, look, keep feeding yourself. Go home, keep feeding yourself. Keep reading. That's a good thing. But also, you can come back next week. We'll talk more about it. So he says in verse 20, Now, when he had asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, when the end would come, he answered and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Then he said to the disciples, The days will come where you will desire to see one of the days, just one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, Look here, look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as lightning that flashes out of heaven, that's, that's the rapture right here. For as lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to another part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. It's one day. It's one day. Look at the infinite article. It's the day. It's one day. And then he goes on to give examples. Again, we'll unpack this another week. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, the flood came and destroyed them all. So next week we'll talk about the day, how it's compared to the day of Noah. It also compares, another verse uh, compares it to the day of Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot. This one day when the Son of Man comes is like this day. And so Jesus is describing, look, there's, there's going to be a situation, there's going to be a day like lightning 
where the Son of Man comes and he raptures, he takes the elect. That's what the rapture is. He comes for the church. He comes to the followers of Christ. Now, I want to explain, and, and then I'm going to get into the second part, which is really the heart of, of end times. There's a whole debate and argument about whether God comes for his church pre-tribulation. We just read how he's going to wipe out two billion people, right? So is the church going to go through that tribulation or are they going to go through that trouble or is God going to take them before? Mid-trib would say, well, they're going to go through half of it and then Jesus is going to come and take them halfway through. Post-trib would be, they're going to go all the way through the tribulation, then God's going to come and take them. Regardless, whether it's pre, post, or mid, I have my opinion, I have your opinion, I would hope, my hope is, and I'm sure your hope is, is that we don't have to see any of that stuff that he takes us, right? But regardless, you've got to still be a follower of Christ. You follow Jesus no matter what, pre, post, mid, doesn't matter. You follow God no matter what. He's the Lord and we're his followers. It really doesn't matter if we're right or wrong because at the end of the day, he calls the shots, we don't. Winning the argument doesn't benefit you. If I say I'm pre-trib, which is my opinion, that's where I lean. If, I, if I'm pre-trib and I'm wrong, I'm still gonna follow Jesus. And I pray that we don't throw a hissy fit because we were wrong. I pray we say, okay, God, thank you. I love you. I want to talk to you about this a little bit later, but <laughs> I'll trust you. I'll trust you. Listen, I, I love the study of end times, and many of you do too. Many of you study this. Let me just talk about what do we do until the end. This is not the end right now, and what do we do until the end? Can I just encourage you? And I want to I express that we should study the Word of God. We should be looking at things like this. We should understand end times. But it should never distract you from being a saint of God and making disciples. This is my biggest pet peeve sometimes with believers that are studying the end times. They get so wrapped up in the current events, which, look, there's nothing wrong with looking at this and looking at Scripture and trying to line things up. But what's wrong is when we get so focused on end times that we don't preach anymore, that we don't make disciples anymore, that we're not evangelizing anymore. We're so focused on what's happening in the world and how that lines up with Scripture. We don't even talk to anybody about our faith anymore. I have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with you understanding and reading and trying to understand and asking God for help. I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem because Jesus told us to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit until the end of the age, which is what? What's the end of the age? It's when the clock stops. Because right now we clock minutes, hours. Sometimes we move backwards. Sometimes we move forward. We clock years. But when Jesus comes, guess what? We're not counting time anymore. We're eternally with Jesus forever. We're not, I'm just being honest with you. Time is bound to earth. God is infinite. He was never created. He'll never be destroyed. He always was. He always existed. That's a little bit mind-boggling for us finite people, isn't it? But when the earth ends, when the world goes away, when the earth goes away, by the way, it'll go away. We'll talk about that another week. It will go away. But be encouraged. If you're a follower of Christ, you're going to be with Jesus for the rest of eternity for the rest of eternity. That is so encouraging. You don't need to be afraid of that. In fact, it's a wonderful gospel message, isn't it? For people that don't know, hey, do you know this is all gonna end someday? That the God that I worship is gonna be the one that's gonna come? 
You're going to see him. By the way, every knee will bow. Every person will stand before Jesus. Whether they believe him or not doesn't matter. Everyone will stand before Jesus. Our point, the point, what do we do until the end? You tell people about that great God. Because after this all ends, after the Lord comes, you don't have to preach anymore. You worship. Why? Because people in heaven don't need saved. They're already saved. They're already eternally with God. What a unique opportunity. Sometimes we complain, oh, why do I live in 2022? Why? Because right here, God's called you to make disciples. He's with you now. He'll be with you until the end. If God comes and gets us early, that's fine. But until he does, you keep making disciples. Jesus shared a a parable one time with with the disciples. And really the parable is saying this. I'm going to give you an opportunity. And he uses minas. He talks about money, resources, whatever. He he said, but I'm going to give you a window. But then I'm going to come back. He's speaking about the end time. Then I'm going to come back. And you're going to tell me what you did with what I gave you. Now, he's using an illustration that we can understand, meanings and money and resource, right? You understand that God has given you an amount of money. Our measures are all different, but we all have a blessing from God, don't we? And someday we're going to stand before the Lord. And it doesn't matter, well, his measure is bigger than my measure. It doesn't matter. We're all given a measure by a good God. And as you use it for him, he's going he's to use you in a, in a way that as you're faithful, he's going to be faithful. He's always faithful. But as you're faithful, he's going to increase your favor. You think I'm talking about money. I'm not. I'm talking about people. People. Money doesn't go to heaven. People do. But your money can be used to save people. Your resources, your things, what God's blessed you with, what he's given you, all of it can be used for what? And Luke chapter 19, this is what he says. This is the parable. Verses 11, he says, Now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem because they they thought the kingdom would appear immediately. They thought the end was right now. And Jesus gave them this parable. He said, therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called his 10 of his servants, delivered to them 10 minas, and said to them, this is the important point. Do business until I come. Here's what basically Jesus is saying. Until I come, you keep at it. Until I come, you keep focused on what I've called you to do. He's made it really simple. You love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Love God and love others as yourself. Love people. That's why that's our, our, our vision statement. Love God, love people. Look, follow Jesus. Seek Jesus. Follow his truth because it's always a blessing. You know what? You love to be, you love that you're saved. I hope you love that you're saved. I hope you love that God eradicated your sins, washed you washed you free of your sins. I hope you love that God has done miracles in your life. I hope God has healed you time and time and time again. Oh, I know some of you have colds and sniffles, but guess what? He'll heal you. I, th- I hope you love that God's given you grace and he's given you mercy. He's shown you kindness, that he's been patient with you, that he's been long-suffering. I hope you love all those things about a good God that's done that for you time and time again, whether you ask or not. He's praying for you. He's interceding for you. He's talking to the Father on your, on your behalf. Whether you even care to ask, he sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of you because he knew that you need led to truth, to be given direction, to be given hope, to be given all these things. God did all that for you. I hope you enjoy it. 
Just as you've received all these things, now give them away. Now give them to somebody else. That grace that you were given, give someone else grace. That mercy that you were given, give someone else mercy. That salvation that you were given, point them to the one that saves. That's what this is all about. Look, we have a window. I don't know how long it is. It could be tonight. But until the Lord comes, we have an opportunity to share the goodness of a good God that we worship with somebody else. There's a lot of people that don't know this is going to end. They think they're going to come back as a giraffe or an animal. Oh, they need to know the truth. They need to know the truth. This is, Jesus is the only one that has said, this is what it's going to look like. You have the only living word of God in your hand. There's no other religion that lays it out like this. Only Jesus. Only Jesus laid it out how you can be saved, when you can be saved, who you need to worship to be saved. Only Jesus laid it out to say, this is how it's going to end. This is what it's going to look like. Hey, right now, wars, rumors of wars, pestilence, it's happening right now. Why? Because Jesus said, this is what it's going to look like. That's not his desire. His desire isn't that we're sinful people. But that's just the reality of sin. But God is going to come and end sin forever. The enemy will be under his feet. God will send the enemy to hell with all the demons, with all the wild beasts. They will all go to hell. He will win. The enemy won't win. He knows he's a lame duck. The enemy knows he's done. Just like lightning, right? You're going to be taken from heaven. Guess what? Just like lightning, Satan was thrown out of heaven. That's the truth. He knows he has no power. He knows he has no authority. Only if you let him. He only has power over you if you give it to him. He only has authority over you if you give it to him. Am I, pre am I saying the right gospel? That's the truth. Jesus says, you have all authority to cast out the enemy. You have all authority to loose. You have all authority to bind. You have all authority. The keys of the kingdom, the keys of heaven have been given to you. Does that mean anything to you? I hope it does. I hope it does. Because that's what you have in your hand, in your life. That's the presence of God. That's the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus was saying. The kingdom of God is in you. It's in you. It's right here. So until I come, do business like usual. Until I come, keep grinding it out. Until I come, keep sharing your faith. Until I come, listen, this is so much more about your money and your resources. This is about people. But use all things for the glory of God. Use all things for his kingdom. Use your time, use your energy, use your gifts, use your talents, use your resources, use your Sunday mornings. It's all about him. Until he comes, we don't stop. Until he comes, we don't stop. And eternity, look, there's no more gospel to be given because we'll be with the gospel. We'll be with the good news. We'll be with the word because the word was with God. The word is God. You'll be with Jesus Christ. I hope you're encouraged. You know, Paul says it this way, and I, I really love 1 Corinthians 15. He was actually encouraging us. Imagine a church service, and he's closing out the church service just like this. And he's talking about the end. He's speaking about what it's going to look like at the end. But then in verse 58, he gives you a laser focus. Now, this is Paul lived thousands of years ago, but this is how he lived, and this is how we should live. Verse 50 says, what am I saying, church, dear brothers and sisters, what am I saying? Is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. 
These dying bodies can't inherit what will last forever. Let me tell you a wonderful secret. You want to hear it? We will not at all die. But we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment. That's rapture, rapturo. In the blink of an eye. At the last trumpet when it's blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will raise to life forever. Listen, those that... Their spirit is in heaven. Their bodies are in the ground. And it doesn't matter if you bury, if you burn, if you died at sea, if you died at war, if, if somebody has no idea where your body is. The reality is if you're a Christ follower, when that trumpet blasts, everything goes up. Everything goes up. Every believer, every follower of Christ, the physical body that's separated from the spiritual body goes up and it's transformed. It's no longer mortal. Just like Jesus got a new body and he showed his disciples, this body raises up in the air. Imagine what the world's going to say when all these graves open up. That's the rapture. Those that die, raise first. Those that are alive, we just leave. Right there, go. We meet him right in the air. We'll talk about that next week. We'll meet Jesus right in the air. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. We know the scripture, don't we? You've you've quoted this many times, but you're speaking about the rapture when you say it. Actually, you're speaking about the faithfulness of God when you say it. This is what we say. Death is swallowed up by victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting and the result of death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the focus. Here's here's where I want to end today. What do we do until the end? Here's what Paul says. So my dear brothers and sisters, church, listen. Be strong and immovable. Be strong and immovable. Keep going. Keep going. He said it to Joshua like this. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. So much so that that Joshua believed it and followed the Lord. He said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Look, make whatever slogan you want, but don't quit. You be strong. You be courageous. You be immovable. Don't be deceived. Jesus says, look, don't be deceived. There's going to be many people that come and say, I'm the Christ. David Koresh did it, but guess what? He's dead. And he ain't getting out of the grave. There's going to be many false Christs from now until the end. The Antichrist, anti-against Christ, is going to do the same thing. He's going to come and say that he's God. But he'll be gone too. You be, you be strong. You be courageous. Be immovable. I don't care what's happening in the world. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. But God came to give you abundant life. A full life full of victory, full of power, full of authority, full of goodness. Until he comes, you keep living that life of abundance. Until he comes, you keep living for Christ. Yes, we should know what the end's going to look like, but until the end, we serve a great God. We follow Jesus. We make disciples, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Until the end of the age, he will be with us. Period. Stand your feet. I want to pray with you. Look, if you're online today or you're in the room and you haven't received Jesus, Jesus is telling you he's coming back again, but you've got to receive him now, right here. Today's the day of salvation, right here, right now. 
You don't have to be afraid. It's going to be a good day when that trumpet sounds. When that trumpet goes off, you don't need to be afraid. Be ready. Be ready. We're probably not going to live at the Mount of Olives, but that's where he's going to come. But he's not going to forget you over here in America. Trust me. When you hear that trumpet, the whole world's going to hear it. The rapture will happen. Bodies will go up. And those that are, on, that are alive on the earth, then they will follow. More to come next week. Keep reading. Keep eating. Lord, I just thank you for everybody here. Those that need to make you Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to them right here, right now. In the room, out of the room. God, your message of good news, your gospel is yes, that you came and died and saved and sacrificed so we can have life, so we can have eternal life. And yes, you sent the Holy Spirit so we can live with you, that you're with us for all of our days till the end of the age. The Holy Spirit is living inside of us. And Lord, the, the rest of the gospel is you're coming again. You're coming again, and until then, we will be the church. We'll be your children. We'll be your kids. We'll be your ambassadors. We'll tell the world. We'll make disciples of all nations, whether it's on video, whether it's in person, whether it's at work, whether it's with my kids. Lord, we will make disciples. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said.